Hello and welcome to Shoot the Hostage. I'm Sarah. And I'm Dan. We're a movie show that delves into a different film each week based around a theme. This season, the theme is cops. Like all good podcasts, this show contains explicit language and mature content, as well as major spoilers for the movie that we're covering. episode of season one we made it we made it we did it we're covering the raid finally the raid this is the <laughs> second time i've covered this movie actually is it really i covered this for twin picks podcast about three years ago i think in a martial arts double bill oh what was it billed with um a bruce lee movie i think it was enter the dragon <laughs> okay i think the bruce lee movie the, the... one that everyone knows yeah yeah exactly <laughs> So we're talking about The Raid from 2011, directed by Gareth Evans. Yes. We've accidentally bookended our first season with movies featuring the character name Mad Dog. We have. Hardboiled. That was completely unintentional because Hardboiled was a first time watch. Yeah. And that's got to be intentional, right? Gareth Evans must oh, have yeah. been like, I'm stealing that name. Yeah, I would imagine so. He, from from all the con, the Gareth Evans content we've consumed in prep for this show, it's yeah. it's quite clear that he's a huge fan of martial arts and action films in general. Yeah, and he's quite willing to admit that he rips off John Woo, unlike Michael <laughs> yeah. Bay, who's like, no, I ne- never even seen a John Woo movie. Who's he's John, John Woo? Woo. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> so, The Raid 2011. Shall I synopsis you? Please. Okay. So Gareth Evans, I'm going to do the tagline here. I don't usually do this. One ruthless crime lord, 20 elite cops, 30 floors of hell. That's bullshit. There's only 15 floors. Yeah, you're right. Unless they're counting the way down. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Okay, so strap yourself in for this synopsis because it's a bit of a long one. Oh, that's what she said. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I've never heard that. Um, Okay, (laughs) moving on. Deep in the heart of Jakarta's slums lies an impenetrable safe house for the world's most dangerous killers and gangsters. Until now, the rundown apartment block has been considered untouchable to even the bravest of police. Cloaked under the cover of pre-dawn darkness and silence, an elite SWAT team is tasked with raiding the safe house in order to take down the notorious drug lord that runs it. Oh my god, take a breath. (laughs) But when a chance encounter with a spotter blows their cover and news of their assault reaches the drug lord, the building's lights are cut and the exit's blocked. Stranded on a sixth floor with no way out, the unit must fight their way through the city's worst to survive their mission starring Indonesian martial arts sensation Iko Uwais. Oh my god. It stars Iko Uwais <laughs> as Rama, Joe Taslim as Jakar, Donnie Alamsia as Andy, Yayan Ran as Mad Dog. There are other people, there are loads of people in this, obviously. It's Most of them movie. are just disposable grunts. Most of them are just getting thrown at walls and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, action movie. We'll get into it. The action movie, maybe, maybe. We'll get, in, we'll get into that. Um, I, wrote, I haven't got the box office, but I wrote the budget down as 1.1 million. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is, but could be could be right. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly not a mega budget movie no but having seen interviews with gareth evans he's obviously got a good creative team that he works with or worked with that worked around a lot of 
constraints. Yeah, absolutely. And and therein lies probably some really creative, interesting solutions that just add to the feel of the movie, I feel like. There's a little bit that we'll talk about with camera and stuff, probably as we get into the podcast. Yeah. But just a little bit on um, Gareth Evans. Mm-hmm. So he's Welsh. Yeah. He's... I with, think, a, with a name like Gareth Evans. Gareth. Gareth Evans. <laughs> he... he <laughs> Obviously, I think the question that he's probably most sick of answering is why is a, <laughs> a white Welsh man making Indonesian action films? <laughs> but the answer to that question is that he was living in Wales and then he moved over to Indonesia with his partner who had secured him a gig directing yeah. a documentary about Silat. Which I think is, his wife is half Indonesian. Right, okay. Which introduced him to Ika Uwes. Mm-hmm. And he met him and was like, this guy... He's got, got charisma, something. he's got screen presence, and how right he was. Yeah. That led him to making Marantel, which was his first feature, which came out in 2000, uh, I want to say 2009, 2007 or 2009, one of those two. <laughs> Correct us in the comments. That's one that we saw relatively recently. Yeah. Yes, correct. I, I found it cheap on eBay. On really DVD. enjoyed it, though. It was great. It was really good. I really, I really liked it. Was it his second feature? Uh, Strictly speaking, what Gareth Evans? Yeah, I think he was his first. Was it his first? I feature? think so. I, I think he'd obviously made documentary and stuff, and he'd made short films, or maybe he'd made a feature, but maybe like more of a student level type okay. thing. This um, is a, that was impressive then for a first timer. Yeah, yeah, it was a really. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great, and obviously you got to see Eco all of his strengths in that movie. I I obviously saw the raid first. And that yeah. was the first time I'd ever seen him cut away on screen and was mm-hmm. just blown away by by his work. But yeah, so that's that's how Gareth Evans got into making Indonesian action films. And now he's back in the UK and he's made, obviously, Gangs of London, which we binged well, a few yeah, weeks ago. Well, yeah, we're going to touch on some of this throughout the show, I think, because okay. this is probably like the most content I've ever consumed in preparation for a single show. All right. Um, because we did make a point of, obviously, we saw Merintel months ago. Um, I saw Apostle for the first time in the last fortnight. Yeah. And we've raced through both seasons of Gangs of London. Yeah. So I think we've got a pretty rounded idea of what Gareth Evans is capable of yeah. at this point. Uh, and at time of recording, it seems like he's going back to having done a little bit of horror yep. in, in Apostle and then some drama stroke ridiculous action in Gangs of, of London. <laughs> he's now returning to the action film genre, I think, with Havoc, with one Tom Hardy. Yeah. Which I'm really excited about. I, d- I know very little about it, but I'm excited about anything Gareth Evans does. I'll watch anything Gareth Evans yeah. does. And initially I was like, mm, Tom Hardy. But, you know, he was great in Warrior. He was a beast in he Warrior. He was fucking brilliant in Warrior. Yeah. And he's a genuine martial arts guy, right? He's winning like MMA fights and stuff. And he does that on yeah. the side. And he's, he's just, he's got that kind of action um he does he kicks people in the face I mean, that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> so i think that could be good but i think that's been in development hell for ages Has it really? yeah, i think it took a while to even get it started shooting i think the, the Was pandemic it delays yeah I, I think the pandemic interfered with the uh, pre-production at least okay. with that movie and then i just watched an interview with gareth heavens where he was talking about working remotely and doing a lot of the previews in vr and stuff like that so I think it's been a long, a long old production process, but hopefully that's out this year. I I'm crossing my fingers. I'm crossing everything. Yes, we need more Gareth Evans. Absolutely. So that brings us up to date with 
Gareth Evans filmography. Take a shot every time we say Gareth Evans. <laughs> Gareth. <laughs> yeah. But we're here to talk about The Raid. Yep. So where do you want to... Where do you start with this movie? Because it's, it's a masterpiece. Like, I'm going to... I Yeah. Right I off mean... the bat, it's, I love it. I think it's incredible. <laughs> and there's so many different things that I want to talk about. And I don't know if we'll get to all of them, but I just don't really know where to start. But I know what you mean. I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, God. Is the Welsh accent going <laughs> to creep in? Oh, that was Welsh. But that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really know where to start either, but I will kind of say at the head of the show this is probably well no it is my favorite action movie mm. i've seen this so many times at this point we've watched it twice in the past week yeah <laughs> i've seen it maybe eight or nine times i think i've seen it a lot but yeah, yeah. probably a little bit more than that but yeah, yeah. um i've only seen the raid two once yeah which is criminal to be honest i really need to get my act together and give that a rewatch. um but i would say not only is The Raid my favourite action movie, but I think it's kind of cracked its way into my top ten of all time. Mm, okay. Yeah. Which, it, it sits among some odd <laughs> choices. Yeah. But yeah, for a long time I was just like, this is the best. Like, it, the rewatch value. Yeah. It's lean. It's tight. It's it, it's just, you get straight it's into it. stop And it it just doesn't outstay its welcome. I, I feel like that's the main rewatch factor for me is because of the running time and how just in and out it is. Whereas The Raid 2 is epic and it's incredible, but yeah. it's just a bit too long. A bit to... more of a Godfather vibe. Yeah, than... exactly. It's, yeah. I'm not going to sit down on a Tuesday and at 9 <laughs> o'clock and put on The Raid 2 because it's just too long. Whereas The Raid, I can put that on any... I can put it, have my lunch and watch The Raid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so well, yeah, maybe we will start at the beginning. Beginning then, because you, you kind of see a little bit of Eco's character, and you see what he's kind of fighting for. Do you know, family on the way. I loved that because, like, the intro is so brief. Like, there, there's no words spoken. Really, you get a glimpse of his family life. Yeah, and that's all there is. A glimpse. Yeah, you get a glimpse of him, kind of uh, at the punch bag. Yeah, you see how fucking swift he is. Yeah, he's a menace. Well, you can see um, blurs, which yeah. I think are his arms. He's moving <laughs> yeah. so quickly, I can't, can't see my brain. It doesn't can't process register. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's all we need. I yeah. wish more films did that exact thing because there are so many films that kind of overdo the setup, and we don't need that much information. Not for this type of movie, you don't know. But we kind of we get an idea of who he is yeah. in just a couple minutes. Yeah. And that's it. Title but, card, then they're in the back of the van. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Yeah. I think that scene was longer initially and, and Gareth was, was okay. kind of refining it as he went through and, and kind of had the same thought of we just need to know the smallest amount about this guy, who he is. Mm-hmm. Um expertly done because as you say there's there's very little dialogue but you just see that he's got a pregnant partner and he's good he's good at a fight and as you say cuts to the van and they're mm-hmm. all on their way to this building the SWAT guys and then that's where you see Joe Tazen for the first time as Jacka and then they're just on their way to this notorious building that is housing criminals well, in not- any underworld <laughs> but not everybody in the building is a criminal as we will no. talk about okay there yeah. are some nice people who assist uh our hero yes but yeah predominantly criminals yeah uh, who who would choose to live there <laughs> well if it's cheap rent though <laughs> would you tolerate that uh 
Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> You're more interested in the drugs lab. No. No, that's definitely not true. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so straight into the action then, as they're trying to break their way into this building, they do a bit of, um, a bit of stealth, yep. moving around quietly and taking people out with bits of wire and that sort of thing. Really nicely shot, as the whole of this film is, yeah. like the camera work is, is, aside from the martial arts and the stunts, is probably the thing that gives this the most character, I yeah, would say. I agree. Um, Gareth Evans definitely has a style, and I didn't... I didn't realise that until watching Apostle. Yeah. And it was really unusual to see a lot of his kind of trademark camera movements in a horror film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of, it threw me, because for the most part, it was sort of filmed fairly normally. And then there'd be bits where the camera would, tilt, you know, the, yeah. follow the the action kind of thing. Yeah. And it was like, oh, man, yeah, this is a this is a Gareth Evans film. Yeah, it's got... <laughs> His, his work has his name written all over it because of the camera work. And I think his long-time collaborate, collaborator, Matt Flannery, who's the his director of photography, works on all of his stuff. Okay. And I think between them, they've got this very nice aesthetic. And I think I, I heard Gareth say, you know, he would come up with a shot and an idea of how to move the camera. And Matt would say, yeah, but why? What's that? Right, okay. Is that going to help with the character or going to bring something to the action and if the answer is no it's just cool then it doesn't go in okay so i think between them i think i'd love to give gareth evans all of the praise but i think certainly matt flannery as a dop is probably mostly mostly responsible for how the film looks okay between them anyway yeah um so do you want to talk about some of the camera work then sure yeah there's a, a particular scene where they are having a fight in a room and there's a hole in the floor yep. and then they jump through the hole oh, and the camera yeah. follows them through and that's that's the camera um, person who's got a fig rig and they pass it down to someone on the ground floor. Okay. And someone standing on a table on the, on the floor below and they're just literally passing the camera through like that. And it's on a fig rig, which is like a wheel yeah. that you mount the camera to, which was um, invented by Mike Figgis, the director. In, oh, I think, hence the name. Hence the name, Fig Rig. <laughs> yeah, it's not named after the biscuit. Um, yeah, I think he invented... You know a fruit, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a biscuit, it's a cookie. But um, yeah, so Mike, Mike Figgis invented that, I think, in 2000-ish for his movie Time Code, or, or that's what I've heard anyway. Interesting. And I, okay. Yeah, yeah they're, they're really cool, actually. I was really bought one the other day. Yeah. There's one. For what I don't know, because it's cool. I'll buy it. It's like it's like that camera stand I've got over there. I never used it. I just oh, like wow. these things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can mount your phone on it. So I thought maybe we can follow the cats around with it. I knew you some, were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> cat uh, cam. Yeah, cat cam stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the camera work is, is great. And I think a lot of that is to do with the fig rig. I think probably in later movies he does more like crane shots and stuff like yeah. that. But I imagine that a lot of this, you mentioned about the budget and stuff being restricted. I think a lot of it, the reason is, that's a lot of the reason why they went with that fig rig. But it gives you a lot of adaptability. You can grab it yeah. from any angle. So the fact that they can pass it through the floor, you know, holding it from above and pass it down to someone and who can grab it from below. And have the still stay steady. Exactly. And it stays yeah. steady. But that's not easy, and you have to do multiple, multiple, multiple takes yeah, of that of to get it right because it's not it's not always seamless, and it's really difficult to to maintain like a fluid. I can flow. imagine, yeah. So there would have been take after take after take of that sort of thing, but it shows 
it shows the fluidity of the movement and of the camera with the stunt choreography it's just expertly planned i think a lot of that probably is from the planning stage and yeah. doing the fight choreography in a in a, a dojo or whatever and figuring out their shot list being able to make it work in the location it's interesting it well it was interesting to hear evans talk about how the fight choreography came about okay because obviously he said that he didn't like, he's not a martial arts guy. He has an interest in it, yeah. but he's not a fighter. Um, so he kind of handed the reins over to Eco and, uh, is it y- Yayan? Yayan, yeah. And just kind of gave them a brief outline and they filled in the rest. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah. And he, something I think is really quite special is the fact that Gareth Evans doesn't speak Indonesian. Mm. <laughs> and most of the stars don't, well, didn't speak English at yeah. the time. Right. So how, like, the communication... How do you how do you do that? How do you make a perfect movie without even speaking the language? Translation translator, I guess. But I mean that's so magical. Yeah. Like everything just aligned. Yeah. I don't know. I find that I find that especially impressive, I would say. Mm. Um but yeah, so Eco. Oh, I could watch him wreck people <sighs> he's, for hours on end. He's incredible. Yeah. He, like and I've seen probably most of his movies now. I, I, would I think say. I've seen everything bar Beyond Skyline. I've seen that. Well, of course you have. Frank Rillo's in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, actually, no, that might have been the first eco movie that I watched. Okay. But I didn't really know who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've seen most of his movies and I, I just would love to see him do more stuff. But I, I think he's mostly doing choreography work. He certainly did his own choreography for, what was that? Peter Berg movie called The Wahlberg One. Oh, Mile 22. Yeah, yeah that wasn't good. I didn't particularly enjoy that movie, but Eco, we watched it because Eco was in it. Yeah. And he was certainly the best thing in that movie. But I think I think Mile 22 is a really good example of how underused he is in the American projects he's been in. Yeah. And not only that, I think his choreography was incredible in that movie and there's one particular scene where he's um handcuffed i think to yeah. a hospital bed and mm-hmm. the moves he's doing are incredible but they just were cutting too much yeah and they didn't have him all in frame mm-hmm. and it was just really quick cuts and it's that's not how you shoot action no you know, not how you shoot that kind of action movie in my opinion no i certainly I... not of eco if you're shooting Liam Neeson <laughs> kicking someone in the face then yeah you've got to do that but no need for it yeah i completely agree i completely agree and i think I'm hoping, like, with the success of the John Wick universe, mm. like, the fact that they're expanding that to spin-off projects now yeah. is going to change the tides a little bit because, obviously, the, the fight scenes are filmed beautifully in that in those films. Yeah. They, they're not super close up and choppy. It's pulled back so you can actually see the action, yeah. see that these people are actually fighting or, you know, doing the choreography. Yeah. And that's what's lacking absolutely. in most action movies. Yeah, absolutely. Like Hollywood action movies as a whole have been pretty mediocre at best Mostly, for the last yeah. 10, 20 years. When it comes to like hand-to-hand combat stuff, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you wanted to watch proper action, like good action, you either had lower budget American or, or UK stuff that had some good action. Like I'm thinking of Scott Adkins' projects. Yeah. He's really, really good at what he does. But like, the films are pony. <laughs> but the films are not great. Yeah. Yes. Um, some are better than others, but yeah, they're pretty, pretty weak um, as a whole. But he's him as an action star is brilliant. So yeah. you can you can watch the the those movies, but except they're not the greatest. 
in terms of plot or you can go overseas and watch Hong Kong action movies and mm-hmm. and, and obviously Indonesian movies and, yeah. and Korean movies and mm-hmm. you know we've we've been on a bit of a gone down a bit of a rabbit hole with with Korean cinema mm-hmm. last I year love or Korean two movies. yeah and there's some really great action like the villainous was mm-hmm. was incredible and, and that influenced jo- John, John Wick John yeah. three didn't it yeah so yeah I think you're right I think the tides are changing I think audiences are going to be demanding better action now and I am so happy about that. More John Wick, less The Expendables. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't mind The Expendables. <laughs> um, Eco is in Expendables 4. I heard that, mm, yeah. Yeah. That might renew my interest enough to watch it. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm scared that he's going to be underused in that film oh, as well. no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And he's obviously, he's going to lose a fight to Sly. <laughs> in what universe is that even remotely believable? <laughs> An 87-year-old man. <laughs> can take out eco waste i don't think so so i wouldn't see him coming no R- rambo or not rocky or not i don't care you throw your zimmer frame at him you're still gonna lose <laughs> i want him i want eco to be number one in a john wick movie i don't know I why he hasn't that. been i can only imagine it's a scheduling thing um, i mean maybe he doesn't want to is that as well? Maybe. I I mentioned that he does a lot of choreography work. He He's a stunt choreographer on a lot of movies now. Mm-hmm. He was the choreographer on The Night Comes For Us. Which it was absolutely batshit brilliant. Yes. yes. Um, he was the choreographer on that. And I think it was fairly late into the pre-production, maybe. And they were like, do you, do you want to be in this? Do you want to be <laughs> a bad guy? Because you haven't really done that before. So maybe you could be the bad guy. And he did. And it was great. Brilliant, brilliant film. Yeah, but Eco in more stuff. Yayan in in way more stuff, please. Well, he was he has been in the John Wick movies. Yes, yes, he was in. He was in three, three yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, and that, actually, that was a really good fight because mm-hmm. that was the fight where they both. It, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's a reverse <laughs> yeah. end of the raid where it's John Wick versus he's Mad the, Dog John Wick is the Mad Dog. <laughs> yeah, in John Wick three. Yeah. Um, but they really respect John Wick and they're like big fans and, and yeah, it's an interesting fight. It's, I like that fight actually. It's the one with the belt, isn't it? Yeah. He takes his belt off and he's like holding his <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like this this movie, The Raid, has, has been super influential to a lot of filmmakers and the action movie in it might be the most important action movie, I would say, of the last 20 years. Oh, agreed. Hard agree. You know, you know you've got... Maybe you've got John Woo in the 90s, 80s and 90s that influence that genre then or this genre then. I feel like The Raid is kind of the hard-boiled of the 2010s. I would agree with that. My knowledge on action movies is nowhere near as extensive as yours, but I would agree with that, yeah. I've seen Terminator (laughs) 2. Um, what would you need? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've been a fan of the action genre for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, since I was a kid. And that's the whole reason I did judo and karate when I was a kid. Because was was I wanted to kick people in the face. So. <laughs> but you weren't allowed to do that when you were a child. So I quit. No, that's not true. I quit because I got a Veruca. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Yeah. But I, I, wish, I, I wish I'd carried it on, to be honest with you. But yeah, so maybe we should talk about the raid a bit more. We'll I'm enjoying waffling. this. <laughs> We've been waffling on about uh, the genre as a whole, but I, I feel like let's let's focus it a little bit more on, on the sure. raid now. So, Joe Taslim, this was his third movie. Is apparently. that him? Okay. He was a uh, Olympic judo champion yes. for Indone- yeah. in uh, Indonesia. For well, I think that's that's a an important thing to to note actually, because although Silat is 
what Rama uses. Yeah. Most of the other people in the film are incorporating different martial arts. It's right. not a Silat movie. Yeah. Obviously, Silat, we mentioned briefly, but it's the martial art that's indigenous to Indonesia. Yeah. Kind of famous for its sort of fluidity and yeah. um, speed, it's, I guess. It's famous now. I, I didn't know about it until I the raid. I didn't until the raid. No, yeah. I had no idea. I was kind of unaware of how many different fighting styles there were in this movie and that makes it even more impressive to me that they melded all of that together somehow yes so he was judo champion for 12 years okay wow and then he got an injury and was like um i still want to do martial arts what can i do decided to he wanted to do acting yeah so did a drama did a horror saw the raid yeah no sorry saw marantau marantau (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, sent a message to Gareth Evans on Facebook. Did he? Yeah. And oh, wow. And said, I'm an actor. I was judo champion for 12 years. If you're making another movie, I would love to audition for you. Wow. Five Is he minute... Indonesian as well? Yes. Okay. Five minutes, Evans replied, yeah, come, you know, um, email my line producer and we can <gasps> set up a meeting. And then obviously became second second billing in, in, the, in the raid. And has gone on to have quite a successful career since then. Obviously, he was in... Uh, the latest Mortal Kombat. The latest Mortal Kombat. The best which, Mortal Kombat. Oh, totally. <laughs> I, I liked it. Yes, it's probably the, it's probably the better movie, but I yeah. do enjoy that 95 version. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he was in that. He was in Star Trek Beyond. He was... Okay. Um, but in, like, makeup, he was an alien. I think he, he fought Sophia Batella in that, I think. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, he was in a Fast and Furious. I think he was in Fast Six. Was he? Yes. Oh, I might not have seen that one then. Um, so he's he's doing he's doing quite well. Good. Since then, yeah, and he seems he seems like a top bloke as well. So he's a good character, and as you say, he does incorporate some judo stuff uh, when he has a fight with Mad, Mad Dog. Dog. Yeah. Oh, I, that's brilliant. It's a good. It's a really good fight because you've got. Um, Yayon is doing his you know he's he's a badass in this film he is because I think he's he terrifies me he's yeah he's, genuinely he's a really good villain he's, he's like his stature is very diminutive yeah so and he's there's nothing of him yeah. like he is so lean like 1% body fat or something yeah. Um, so he looks really kind of unassuming mm. And then you see him start flipping around and like, oh my God. He's just a vicious little bastard as well. Isn't it? And Small that, people that can handle themselves like that terrify the yeah. fuck out of me. <laughs> His character is ruthless. And, and yeah. in that fight, he there's a part where I think Jacka points a knife at Yayan. And um, I'm getting character names and, and, <laughs> and actor names mixed up here, but you know what I mean. And Mad Dog is holding a gun. He's tall. Puts yeah. down the gun, unloads so, the gun. Yeah, too easy. Holds up his hands and says, no, this is the thing. Yeah. Like, I want to kill you with my bare hands. <laughs> and then they have a fight. And it's and he does, a, in fact, kill does. him with his bare hands. And that fight's really cool because you've got Yayan doing a silat and then Joe Taslim is doing a little bit of judo with the throws. It's difficult because yeah. judo is more of a throw and grip kind of martial art rather than kicks and punches. Okay. So... They they had a little bit of that with some of the throws, but you, it was interesting because you had Yayan who's quite small, as you say, but Joe is towers over him. Yeah, and you kind of had those opposing styles, which work really well. 
apparently like 48 takes per scene or whatever so it like it was super wow. exhausting to get it just right i did hear that they were sort of fighting for like 14 hours a day yeah. some days that's insane isn't it? yeah yeah i can't imagine but that was a very good fight and unfortunately he doesn't make it through that scene as you no. say he uh gets a little gets a little nick neck 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 break doesn't he <laughs> It's a little neck slap. Thought I was gonna to have to put fifty p in you then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you're basically with Ico for the rest of the movie yeah. after that, aren't you? And he's mm-hmm. fighting his way up the tower block. And up you've... the fifteen, not thirty floors. Yeah. <laughs> he, you've got that excellent fight in a corridor where the he's. Co- oh, do you know what? It's my second favorite fight scene. After the, the fight, final fight, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I would say the corridor fight is my favorite fight scene because it's just him against. A, a sea of assailants. Yeah, the machete game. Yeah. Yeah. And just the brutality of it. He he has um, a knife at one point. Yeah. And I think the kind of stabbing people in the leg and then dragging. Yeah. Grossed me out so much. The first, like, talk about... I would say Gareth Evans' films are really wincy. Yeah. All they, of them are very wincy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but it was genius because... You don't have to kill someone. You just have to incapacitate them. Yeah. And what better way? <laughs> you don't need to kill them. Just remove their legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he probably died of blood loss. So, you know. I mean, I'm not going to shed a tear. Yeah. <laughs> he um, he does some interesting stuff with the knife. As you say, there's another scene where he kind of grabs someone and stabs them twice in the chest, then kicks them with yeah. the knee and they go flying. And it's just like, it blows your mind. I don't know. I must have watched that corridor fight and the last fight. At least 20, 25 times. Yeah. Maybe. Like independent. <laughs> just in isolation. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, you know, I'll just throw. So I'll, many times I'll just put YouTube on and YouTube's yeah. like, want to watch this fight again? <laughs> All right. Yes, please. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Embarrassingly, I did that with a lot of the fights from Birds of Prey. <laughs> Birds of Prey. Oh, the. All um, the Margot Robbie fights were yeah. really fun. Yeah. No, that was a fun movie. But yeah. then they brought on the choreo- fight crew people from uh, John Wick. So. But yeah, that corridor scene is something else. Yeah. I don't know what it is specifically about that scene that makes me enjoy it more than the others. Is that the one with the doorway? Yes. Is that the one you're... Th- yeah. Do- I, which... I think it's... For me, it's the use of the location as well oh, as yeah. the choreography. Yeah. The inventiveness. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is a curious thing to say, given that he... Gareth Evans kind of ripped that off of uh, Peter Jackson. Did he? There is... Yes. There's like a jagged doorway bit in Brain Oh, Bird. right. Yes. Well, he's been very open about it. Yeah. Like you say, he's, yeah. he's not just ripping people off. He is openly saying, I am inspired by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he said that was his little nod to Peter Jackson. Right, right. Bra- was it brain dead? You brain say? dead, yeah. yeah. Okay. Dead, dead alive if you're in America. Uh, yes, okay. Yeah, I saw that movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's great. How dare you? I don't care for it. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, but yeah, I really, I really like that doorway scene obviously he's fighting the gang and he throws one of them through the door mm-hmm. and the door breaks and then he grabs someone else by the head and then sort of jumps back and pulls them towards the jaggedy edge of it's the doorway just the way he moves is something else yeah his speed is unmatched yeah absolutely i mean maybe by yoyan well yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's it yeah like he's just a machine yeah but it's also, he's great, but it's also the directing style. Is, oh, yeah. As he pulls that, that's 
that person down onto that doorway that is punctuating that scene that scene's now over but you're ending on such a note like wow yeah <laughs> and it's just it's just incredibly well done and then but it's not just that it's also the drama of it because when he after he pulls that down and gareth has spoken about this as well after he pulls that guy down he's just effectively murdered someone Eco looks at him in the eye and you can see he's going oh shit i've just murdered someone yeah he's just on autopilot trying to survive um, and he said he kind of got got that from Bruce Lee. Who, okay. And, you know, he will do like a a, a, a brutal attack on someone. And Which then, show remorse after. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Just like, oh, uh, you're just acting on instinct. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards you think, I just murdered somebody. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, if you're put in a life or death situation, yeah. if it's you or them, yeah. you're always going to choose you. But then there are emotional repercussions absolutely absolutely and you know you're not just doing an arnold thing where he's just <laughs> killing someone and going oh he's, excuse my friend he's dead tired you know, he's not doing a quip it's, yeah. there's actual drama mm-hmm. and i enjoy it i i love commando <laughs> yeah it's there's, fucking there's room for everything <laughs> exactly but this is just and, and i think this is why i put this in in the top tier of action movies because mm-hmm. it also does have the drama yeah. which you don't necessarily expect this no. would have been an all-timer for me if it was just about the action. But the I, acting is yeah. far better than you would expect in yeah. and in an action movie. And yeah. please don't mistake that for me admonishing action movies because I'm not. Mm. But typically they're not known for their acting. No. And, and they don't necessarily have to be no of course not that's not why most people are watching them yeah but like you say it it does give the raid an edge that most action movies don't have it just pushes it over a little bit um a lot it it, it turns it from a really good brilliant action movie to a masterpiece yeah my opinion that sort of thing and given that eco hadn't acted before he met gareth evans he's really good he's excellent in this movie yeah and it's been a while since i've seen the raid 2 i'm really keen to rewatch that yeah me um, too especially since we've kind of gone on a deep dive on eco and yeah. Gareth Evans <laughs> and all of the actors involved with these movies it would be nice to kind of watch that and and, and kind of switch my brain off a bit and yeah. just enjoy it i know yeah. what you mean yeah so yeah it's probably a good time to talk about some of his other gareth's other influences oh, well, i suppose all right um, so we've mentioned Brain Dead already. Yeah, he credits John Carpenter quite a lot. I think with specific reference to maybe Assault on Precinct Thirteen because that is much like The Raid, kind of a stuck in a place movie where, yeah. you know, you're fighting off assailants. Yeah. Um, in that instance, it was a little bit different because the assailants were outside of the building for the most part. Completely different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wildly different. I think a lot of it is probably vibe, right? In terms of tension yeah. building and, you know, that sort of slow build of the music and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff and using the location and that kind of sense of potentially being overwhelmed by the sheer amount of people. So, yeah, yeah that makes a total sense to me. Um, and also, he said in an interview that I read, he was borrowing from the Crow Zero playbook. Mm. Which we also watched in preparation for this show. <laughs> yes, we did watch that movie. Um, I really enjoy Crow's Zero. I've Good never seen the sequels. I watched the first one maybe a decade ago. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like my, my old housemate put it on. Yeah. And I was just like, what is this nonsense? This is insane. Mm. Um, and I didn't know at the time that it was a live action manga. Right. Um, like it was a, an adaptation. 
Um, you did not care for that movie, no, did you? No, it wasn't quite my... And it's more of a taste thing, I think. Just mixing that kind of comedy, that dark humour with some kind of cartoony type things. Makes total sense what you're saying with the, the manga thing. Yeah. But it's just a little bit outside of my my taste zone, I think. Probably. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, the person he, he references the most is definitely John Carpenter. Okay. John Carpenter, Takeshi Miike... Um, and when did Crow Zero come out? Was that 2007? I want to say 2007, yeah. So not long before The Raid. Yeah. Uh, not not too long. Quite a recent movie when The Raid was was being made, probably around 2010. I mean, to be honest, the, the interview that I read was kind of vague, so it's possible he meant he was influenced by the actual manga. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, Because of course. apparently it was just like an ultra-violent Japanese property. Yeah. So maybe it was that. But yeah, I was sad that you didn't care for that. <laughs> no, well, you can't like everything. Really. No. Um, did you know that there's a Wilhelm scream in this film? Is there? I didn't yeah. know that he was in this. <laughs> <sighs> Who is he? What are you talking about? <laughs> Wilhelm. Isn't he the bloke that was in The Hangover? You're thinking of Ed Helms. <laughs> All right. <laughs> There's an Ed Helm scream. There's a Wilhelm scream. Right. Do you know what it is? Is it the cat thing? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> but you, you, on the right track, it's um, it's a stock sound effect, basically. Right. It's a scream that was first used in, I believe, 1951. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. It's something we used to talk about on uh, Radio Gore Press quite a bit, because yeah. Phil and I, kind of my old um, co-host, made a point of... Uh, trying to listen for them for a long time okay it's almost like uh just a little nerdy reward what's, every time you catch one so what's the sound it's a scream uh, ah! yeah it's right. it's it's just known as the wilhelm okay. scream okay um but yeah it's during the first shootout when the gangster's thrown out of the window hmm okay so that made me quite happy yeah because i didn't actually catch it did you also know the guns in the film are not real None of the guns actually fired. They were airsoft replicas, um, so none of them were actually functioning guns. Yeah. And all of the um, all of the kind of what's the word I'm looking for? The functionality of the guns, I suppose, like the muzzle flashes and the the casings being propelled, uh, being ejected out. All of that was digital. Yeah. Which I think is really impressive because I would never have known. No. No, it looked great. I wonder if a lot of that is to do with the lighting. Yeah, you know, I imagine. I spoke about the use of CGI. They do use squibs in this in this movie, but yeah. there is also an element Some of CGI, CGI blood, blood yeah. I think, where maybe the squibs didn't quite work out or whatever. Yeah. Um, I love a good squib. I want that yeah. to make a comeback. But but this, the use of CGI in this in this film is great. It's what you need CGI for. Yeah, it's minimal. Yeah, and it's used to enhance mm-hmm. effects, isn't it, rather than create entire scenes yeah but i thought that was really impressive because i would never have known that okay but it makes sense i mean not to go on a downer or anything but you only have to look at things like um the crow or this recent alec baldwin um thing yeah to know that using real firearms on a set is a really bad idea it is a bad idea it was never a good idea in the first place but also now you just don't need to. So well, why are you still doing Exactly. That's what I was about to say. If you can get replica guns that look as good as they do in this film, yeah. I would never have known. Yeah. And if you shoot it correctly, you can get the muzzle flash and the blood splatter and everything looking exactly how you need it to yep. look. 
So there's just no need for it anymore. Yeah. Did you also know the main character's name? I got so when we were watching this, I kept getting the names modelled up because okay. so many of them are so similar. Because yeah. there's a Rama, isn't there also a Tama? And a Jaka. And a Jaka. Most of them have four letter names, yeah. curiously. But yeah, the main character's name, Rama, apparently is taken from Rama Sukana, who was, according to folklore, a woman who is credited to have been the first person to teach Silat in a structured way. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I like that. Nice little yeah. honouring for those that are in the know. Um, but yeah, it says, according to Sumatran folklore, just to take it back to brain dead yeah. again. <laughs> was that a Sumatran, Sumatran rat, rat monkey? monkeys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Tying it all together. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you've mentioned lighting a couple times. Yeah. Should we talk a bit about that? Because the lighting, the use of lighting, the shadows, yeah, all of that is used phenomenally well and is clearly well thought out. Yeah, I, I think it just adds to the look of the movie. I do know that there's um, Gareth Evans who's in the process of regrading this movie is for he? a 4K release. <gasps> yeah. So it'd be interesting Ooh. to see how that looks. Oh, wow. Is there um, a pre-order? I want it now. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But I, I follow him on Instagram and every now and okay. again he'll post before and after pictures. Oh, interesting. But I'll be interested to see how it looks after that because obviously he made it in mind and lit it in mind of the, yeah. the, the technology at the time. But it looks incredible. that Particularly the stuff in Atrium, he really plays yes. with the light and what's going on in the background, what's purposefully hidden and is slowly revealed. Yeah, I mean, the best example of that, I think, is the first scene in the atrium. Yes, yeah, um, with, with when, the guns. Yeah, when the... With bolt, the guns, the yeah. with the guns. <laughs> Only the first half, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's the, the moment where most of the police officers get yeah. offed, isn't it? Yeah, and there's a, there's a really good bit where they... Uh, there's a slow motion part where they fire... I think, isn't there the gangs are, are, are organising themselves on a the floor above? Yeah, they're and on the SWAT different team, levels. The SWAT team notices and, and one mm-hmm. of them fires a bullet and it's slow motion and you just see the bullet come out slowly. Oh, and the shadows, like the yeah. moving shadow. Oh my yeah. God, that's so brilliantly done. It's, it's beautiful. It's so well done. Yeah, it looks great. Um, but yeah, that's the moment at which I guess it's slow-mo because it's like, fuck. <laughs> You're kind of realising what he's done. Yeah. Um, because they were sort of kind of aware of each other's presence, but shrouded in darkness. Yeah. And that muzzle flash was enough to illuminate them. Yeah. And kind of sealed most of their fate. Genius. Yeah. So well done. But yeah, apparently Gareth Evans said that lighting in the film was very difficult because in so many, there's several sequences during the film where the camera does a full like 180 degrees and moves around the room. So apparently to supplement that, the production crews used lights on long poles and constantly moved with the camera. Oh, that's insane. <laughs> it, it must, it was all in the planning, right? Because there's a lot of yeah. long sequences and obviously putting together the action stuff. So it must have just literally been logistically planned within an inch of its life. Mm-hmm. Moving the lighting around while yeah. filming, that's insane. Yeah. But I guess I've never thought about it before, but I guess you have to if you're doing that sort of take. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I've never considered it either. Mm. But I think, I don't I don't know how they did it. I would love to have seen like a full behind the scenes of yeah. like a proper breakdown of how they achieved everything because I think that would be fascinating. Yeah. No, it would be nice that if there was like a documentary shot alongside it. I don't think mm. they realised quite how no. successful <laughs> this film was going to be. 
Um, and what, how successful was it? I mean, we I know we've not got box office, but... Well, I don't... Monetary-wise, I've got... Really, I've got no idea. Um, I feel like it's a film that's done a lot better in the years since its release. Well, I first came ac- upon The Raid when roughly 2015-ish, because I completely missed it when it was released. Mm-hmm. But people were raving about The Raid 2. And I was like, okay. what's this The Raid 2 that everyone's <laughs> talking about? And then like, people were saying... Is that, there a The Raid 1? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people were saying, it's the best action movie ever made. I love it. And I was like, oh, what's this? And, you know, younger me, not really that willing to watch a movie that's not in English. Because um, <laughs> I, I was lazy, um, <laughs> but I thought, oh, I'll give I'll give these movies a go, and I bought the Raid and the Raid Two on Blu-ray. Yeah, Saturday night on my own, bottle of wine, pizza in the oven, put on the Raid, and I don't think I took my eyes off the screen for the hundred minutes. You ended up with whatever it was charred pizza. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did, and then. I loved it, and then um, I was like, okay, now I've got to watch The Raid 2, and I put that on straight away. <laughs> did you? I did a double oh, wow. bill of The Raid and The Raid 2 in one night. And They're it, very different films. And, well, yeah, I, it, yes, it, the second one is way more ambitious, yeah. and it's, as you say, it's more of a crime, it's, it's not espionage, crime... Epic, I epic, guess, yeah. Yeah, godfather type vibe, yeah. but still maintaining the fighting style, yes. prowess, and brutality of the raid one um so yeah that was my initial introduction to these movies and i've never looked back i think i i definitely watched the raid on its release because i wasn't at fright fest that year but i know it i I believe it screened at fright fest yeah um i know i was at the the one where they showed us a preview of the raid 2 we got to see the the train car sequence with hammer girl great yeah and I was just like, holy shit, I need to see this film immediately. Get that in my eyeballs. Yeah. So yeah, I think I I think I saw it on pretty much on release. And it was one of those where I was just like, how do I make sure everybody I've ever met sees this film? Yeah. It was one of those. Like I have to share this with everyone I know. Yeah. And I've made a lot of my friends watch it and they're no. they're still my friends. So yeah. it went well. I don't I think if someone's a fan of action movies it's a no-brainer. You you're going it. to love this film. Yeah. If and then, but then it comes down to taste. I don't think my mum would get anything out of the raid because <laughs> she just doesn't really enjoy action movies. Okay, I think my mum would probably enjoy it. My seventy-eight-year-old yeah. northern okay. mother. Okay. Would um, she'd watch it, but yeah. she'd cover her face through a lot. <laughs> yeah, understandably. And there'd be a lot of oh noises Ooh, next to me. Get the plasters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah are there any other movies that this reminds you of like are there any comparisons in your mind that you th- you, you think <sighs> no aside from like uh assault on precinct yeah yeah obviously <laughs> i mean obviously the one that everyone always says is dread that's the one yeah. that always comes up dread came after right i think so uh, but they were close enough that they would have been in production of, yeah. about the same time yeah. yeah so i think it was just parallel thinking but... i love dread but the raid is Head and shoulders above oh, it. Abs- the 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 dread is a really solid, yeah, enjoyable, fun, inventive, popcorn, yeah, popcorn inventive yeah. movie. But the raid is a masterpiece. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> but I don't know. Do you know what? what watching the raid this time, it made me think of films like Wreck, um, okay. maybe like documentary style, like films that are made in that style that are meant to be like a come from a documentary perspective i kind of was thinking about things like that because okay. i think because the way the camera moves and it's so fluid 
and it feels kind of like you're following these people rather than them being staged Viewing scenes. Viewing it set back. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just feels like, the, it kind of feels like you're following Rama well, rather than... Yeah. To me, it's kind of, in that vein, it sort of reminds me of a computer game. Yeah. That that level yeah. of immersion and immediacy. Yeah. And also the, the goal, you've got a clear goal. In a yeah. computer game, you start at the bottom of the building, you've yep. got to get to the top <laughs> of the building. You've got a boss on this level, you've got a machete gang on that level. And then you and then um, Mad Dog and Jucker have a fight, and then you're just building your way up to the top. And maybe you've got a brother in the building that you you, you didn't know about, <laughs> or did know about. Did you know about him? Yeah, you knew about yeah. Him. You well, knew there was so in the very opening scene, there's the older man as Rama is leaving, mm. and I can't remember if they exchange any words, but there's like a knowing look. So and again in the back of the the van, like. It could be read as nerves, but to me, I read it as he knows. Right. And he's going to, like, his mission. Because I, I I, could sort of read it as the, the older man is his father. Yeah. Who's almost, like, encouraging him to, to get the brother out. Right. Okay. So that's his focus then, really. Is yeah. Obviously, he's going as a policeman, and he is a good guy. He, at one point, he says... His brother says to him, take off your uniform. He says, no, it fits. Mm. And it's good because you've got that kind of opposite. It's kind of like a Joker-Batman thing, I think, where you've got the good and the bad, but they're two sides of the same coin, kind of. Yes, the duality. Yeah. yeah. Andy is, his, is the name of his brother. Yeah. There's a little bit of him at the start. You see that he's talking to Tama and Mad Dog. Yeah. And then you see him murder someone in the lift, with mm-hmm. a knife, which was nearly cut from the movie. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. But, but it wasn't. But you don't see, other than those couple of scenes, you don't really see him until you get to the end. Yeah. And then I think it's it's maybe after the fight with the machete gang, is it? Or, or is it after Rama gets, falls out of the building or, or something? Rama is at the end of his, his rope. He's like, he's, he's stumbling, he's knackered. Yeah. And then Andy grabs him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. If anyone else grabs him, he's dead. Mm-hmm. But it happens to be his brother. And then they end up having a little fight with Mad Dog together, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, Mad Dog catches Andy. No, no, no. No, yes, he does. Because like, Andy goes back to Tama and then Tama says, show me your hands. And he stabs Andy through the hand. Because he, he's seen on the CCTV. Yes, that he's murdered his, yeah. his uh, colleagues. Mad Dog's just dragging Jacka behind him. yes. He chains Andy up, right? Mm-hmm. And Rama finds the room mm-hmm. where Andy is after, chained up. After the epic uh, drug lab fight Oh, as well. that's what I'm missing. The drug lab fight. Yeah, yeah, of course. How could I forget about How that? How could you? I love that scene. It's great. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe that's my second favourite fight. <laughs> I think, okay, fight scenes for me. Yeah. You've got the final fight and then everything else is just <laughs> equally brilliant. Okay. But yeah, the lab the lab scene was great. That open, the, the, the amount of space there is in there mm-hmm. and just so much going on. Yeah, because everything else up to that point has been relatively claustrophobic. Yeah, very content. Like Especially when, um, I don't know the guy's name, but when Rama and the injured police officer are hiding behind the, like in the crawl space yeah. in the apartment. Oh yeah, of course. And the yeah. machete guy is stabbing through the wall. Yeah. That is the most claustrophobic point yeah. in the film. But because most of the apartments are quite small, yeah. it has a very claustrophobic feel. Yeah. And then you get to this big open space. Yeah. And it's it's re- it's epic as well because there's lots going on in the background. 
there's um, runners fighting over here, and then you've got the white-haired, I can't remember his character name, but the, the, the baddie, one yep. of the baddies, corrupt policeman. He's also doing a fight on someone, mm-hmm. and then maybe they help doing each other a out a little bit. And, yeah, <laughs> he slams a chair over somebody at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then like we, we're seeing him, and I'm thinking, I just want to bring Eco back. I want to see yeah. what Eco's doing. <laughs> He's on a table somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great fight scene. But then, as I've said many, many times on this episode, my favorite fight scene is 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 the one with Mad Dog, and as I was saying. Uh, Ramo enters the room, sees that his brother's tied up, and you think, oh, there's going to be a fight now between Mad Dog and uh, Rama. Who's going to win? They're both really (laughs) brutal. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here. And then Rama unhooks Andy, and he's like, I want to fight both of you. Because Jaka wasn't enough of a challenge for him. (laughs) And I just, I remember watching that for the first time, just thinking, oh my God, I fucking love this movie. And then, but that fight is just, uh, I think it's my favourite fight scene in a movie of all time. The choreography is next level. It's so good. I can't think of a single thing that matches it, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And But just, I think, I think the build up to it mm-hmm. is a big, like it, the choreography is incredible. I agree. But I think everything that's come before it has really steered me into that this is the greatest fight scene of all time because the tension build, you see how much of a badass Mad Dog is, you see how much of a badass runner is. And, you, and as I say, you think they're going to have this epic fight, but then it ends up being a two-on-one. And it's not... It's beyond epic. It's beyond epic. And, it's, <laughs> and, and then, but like, it's not like, it's not like um, the two overpower Mad Dog very easily. Yeah. Like, he nearly kills both of them. Yeah. And even when he's been stabbed in the neck yeah. with a broken he's fluorescent got, light, he carries on fighting. With a ch- and, and the tube the in his neck. The blood coming out of it. The like, blood coming out of the insane. end of the tube. And he's still grabbing them. And then there's a profile shot of Mad Dog in the middle with said tube coming out <laughs> of his head. Rama is on his right. Andy is on his left. And he's kneeing Rama in the chest and then turning around and grab. And I'm just, and the music's going and it's building and building and building. And I'm just so energised. By yeah. the end of, that, end of that scene, honestly, every time, I'm just <laughs> fucking punching the air. And then uh, as soon as the credits come on, I'm like, right, Googling still at less in the UK. It's just the best. I love it. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Mm. It's it's euphoric. Yeah, and it's a real reward as well. Like yeah. you've gone through this movie, and I've enjoyed everything, but you just think, how are they going to top this? How are they going to yeah. top this? Oh, and, they do, and they do, and it's just <laughs> just it's just magnificently done. Yeah, you you mentioned the music actually. I think it's important to note that I've never seen the Indonesian version of this film. I've only ever watched the um, international version, which has the score by, I forget the other guy's name, but one of them is Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park. Right. And I don't think we've, like, we need to talk about the music for a yeah. quick sec before we wrap up. Yeah. Because I think, like you said, um, when the excitement is building and the score has been building this whole time, I think the music is very important yeah. to this film. And I'm curious to watch the Indonesian version with the different score, actually. I would really like to watch it, yeah. definitely. I've seen I've seen this version enough times that I really <laughs> need to watch the Indonesian version. I don't know where we go about procuring said Indonesian version of the lead. No. But I would like to. Um, but yeah, so Gareth commissioned his guys to mm-hmm. compose the soundtrack for the raid, and then it wasn't until the Mike Shinoda thing came on. 
way later, yeah. yeah. And, and Sony were like, yeah, we'll distribute your movie, but would you be open to someone else? On our label. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, scoring this movie. And I think probably there was a bit of good fortune there uh, and they probably saw the movie and, and loved it. Yeah. And, and what they did with that score was incredible. It was great. It could have quite easily gone the other way. It could have yeah. been someone that didn't give a shit. Um, but I think Evans was quite relieved when he spoke to them and, and they were like, yeah, we're going to use it to build suspense and and use it sparingly. And you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's quiet and then sometimes it builds uh, and no better example than the final fight scene. Uh, use, use of music was excellent. Yeah, there are certain musical cues that I, I, because I've seen this film so much, I'll hear a particular note and be like, oh, yes, yeah. I know what's coming next. Yeah, yeah. it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's why I'm so interested to watch the Indonesian version because to me, like, the, the score is so integral to yeah. this film. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, didn't they use the um, that score for the Lee Hardcastle version of the raid? That that was the Mike Shinoda one. Was it? Yeah. yeah that's what Clay Cat the raid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which, if you haven't seen it, please do look for it's that on YouTube. Really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's on the um, it's on the Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so are we? Is there anything else you want to say about the raid? Oh, probably a million things. But, I, but <laughs> well, people have got things to do. At the risk do. of this being a four and a half hour, yeah, episode. <laughs> yeah, we should probably think about wrapping it up because yeah. this is our the final episode of our first season. Yeah. But don't worry, because we will be back. We're having a little break. Yeah, we're having a four-week break. Yep. This is going to be um, how we structure things permanently. Eight weeks on, four weeks off to prep the next season. Yeah. And we are very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. I can't speak for you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. We've already planned what we're doing yep. for season two. We've already scheduled all of our episodes. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be back. That will be our first episode. Will be released on July seventeenth. So okay. make sure you're subscribed and ready for us to uh, for that show to come out. Yep, um, we will probably drop a little preview during the break. We will drop a preview during the break as well. And and also, if you're feeling like you're enjoying the podcast and you you're not happy about us having a break, then <laughs> there's actually more content on Patreon. There is. Um, yes, we've just recorded our Guardians of the Galaxy three episodes so yep. that'll be on there at least but we're we're going to do at least one new movie per month it will probably be way more than that let's be honest we watch a lot of movies i i would i would go out on a limb and say minimum of two every month minimum of two okay. mini reviews you, well you said it yeah you said it i'm happy to stick to yeah. that i will do solo reviews if i must yeah yeah <laughs> And as a little bonus as well, if you if you do become a patron, you'll also have access to our end of season wrap. Yes. Where we're going to be talking about all of the films that we covered for this season. So yep. cops being our theme. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about some of the movies that didn't make the cut. Yeah, that were on the shortlist but got dropped. Yep. And and also maybe there'll be some other films that we completely forgot about. Yep. And that, just the theme as a whole. And the theme as a whole, exploring the genre and our thoughts on it. And so on and so forth. So if you would like to hear more of us while we're on our break, then head over to Patreon and become a member. Link will be in the description. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess all there is to say is thanks very much for listening. And yeah. we'll see you in a few weeks. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice and come and shoot the shit with us on social media. All the links are in the description.